Welcome to the Mindful Runner Podcast, a show about running and racing, trail and ultra in South Africa. Along the way, we'll be talking training, gear, nutrition, and mindfulness, all in the context of the South African racing scene. I'm your host, Fred Richardson, founder and head coach at Mindful Runner. Stay tuned as I do my best to give you all the information and none of the waffle. Today I'm joined by uh, Fricky and Ilof, the guys who are the masterminds behind the Mac Mac uh, Ultra Trail. Thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, thanks, Fred. Thanks, Fred. Hello, Fricky. Hello, Ilof. Kunjani. Something that's always interested me: How did the two of you get together? Before? Yeah, it's a it's a long story. You got time? Definitely. <laughs> it's just like a, a thirty-hour. I do run. I think it started off at Monweni. We had a couple of beers after the race there. And then we parked our cars next to each other with the Addo. We actually prepped our bags next to each other. We ran the whole race together and finished together and had beers the next morning. So I think that's where the friendship actually started. So the bonds that are formed in racing, they never really go away. Eh? Guys, the Mac Mac, how did that event come about? Whose brainchild was there? Uh, it's, a, it's a mixture. Uh, I think with... Me, me and Marietta starting fresh trails a while ago. Our aim was having an event like like Mac Mac uh, from the start. So we started off with smaller events and then built it up and got experience and doing events and and then uh, started scouting for events. And I think I was on my way to to the Lowfeld and I phoned Fricky and he said, "No man, I'll take you and go and show you some some trails there." And uh, and I think that that was where it actually started that weekend, uh, Fricky. Yeah, yeah. I think on the on the way there, um, we actually started talking about smaller routes that we could have done. Driving there, uh, we talked through the most of the routes that's that's in the Sabi Kraskop area, and um, we really realized that we can actually link a couple of, mm-hmm. of the hiking trails to to form a hundred miler. And we scouted, put it on, on on the maps, and we actually got to a hundred miler. It actually worked out exactly. We we had the two two sections: the Fani Buta section. The Sabi and, and Graskop area section, and then uh, I scouted. Oh, I, I got a, a route map of uh, old the prospectors route, and then uh, when we linked it, it actually worked out to exactly 161 k's, 162 k's, or something. And then we thought that it's it's meant to be. Yeah, that definitely sounds like it was meant to be. That prospector section, you had to cut a lot of yourselves, didn't you? The hiking trail was actually closed about for five years. There was still a, a bit of trails. Um, in the, the forest sections, but most of it was, was closed. And we spent a lot of time during the scouting, especially the first year. Yeah. First section, yeah, that first year from Pilgrims, that loop, that it's about a 50, just over 50k loop. I think we, we said to the guys at um, Johnny's Pub that we'll be back at, I think, at, what did we say? At first we said we'll be back at 6 o'clock. Then we said, okay, now we're back at 8 o'clock. Between 6 and 8 o'clock, yeah. And then we got back the next morning at 3 o'clock. <laughs> um, and we left there at 12 the other afternoon. We only got back at 3 o'clock. So we got so lost and we got window bashing and had to open a lot of it with pangas and stuff. So that was a was a lacquer adventure. Eye-opener. <laughs> Eye-opener, eye yeah. <laughs> so that's still one of the one of my favorite sections of, of the 100 miler. I think one of the toughest sections and, and, uh, and uh, ach, nice scenery and a lucky adventure because it's more rugged than, than the rest of the, of the 100 miles. There are three events, right? There's the 46, there's the 50 miler, there's the 100 miler. Just give me some. And the 200 miler. And yes, 200, and the 200 miler. 
Let's not forget that. But we'll get back to that 200 miler. Just give me some more info on how those routes set up. What can guys expect on them? Forget go for it. Okay, so I'll start with the, the 46. So it's a, I think it's an enjoyable run. Um, you got a different section, so you start off in, in, in Sardin. If I have to interrupt you, if you think enjoyable is climbing 2,000 meters in your first, <laughs> your first 20Ks, <laughs> if you call that enjoyable, <laughs> then it is very enjoyable. <laughs> It is enjoyable. That's, that's typical Mapumalanga, typical Nelspet guys. <laughs> climbing 2,000 meters in your first 20Ks is enjoyable. <laughs> so. no, I, I think it's a, um, a feel-good good run. Um, you, you, you work your, your ass off to get to the top. Um, but if you're on top, you go through the RPS Flakter, um, which is one of the, the most beautiful sections in the world, I, I, I think. Yeah, and then the- you go... Well-kept secret. Well-kept secret, yeah. It's a very, very special place. Um, beautiful wildlife, still beautiful wildlife. Um, and then you go down to Everbos, which is an easy section, and a lucky flat section back to Sabi. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's funny how this Mapumulanga guys can make a thing sound so easy, eh? I've, I've got some questions from people who have, have asked me, but I'm keeping these questions just Especially for Fricky, a little bit later about that last piece. <laughs> <laughs> and that, the, the 50 miler? Um, I'd say the 50 miler is, is actually a, a very lucky race, um, starting off in Graskop and then dropping into that, that uh, Macmac River Valley. And then from, from actually from there, it's a lot of climbing all the way up to uh, close to Mount Moody and then dropping down to Stables. Uh, it's 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 basically the the Fadi Boota in reverse, so um, and, and with some other sections, um, and going up to Mount Anderson and also that last piece Fricky Folly at the end. Um, so it's it's a I think for a fifty miler eighty k race, it's it's a lack of fast running uh, piece because the the trails are well looked after by Safcool. Um, so um, from from the well, maybe also the 46, but it's a very raceable uh, trail, and, uh, and I think it's very beautiful. It's got all all the all the all the great features. Uh, if you don't want to go that extra 50 k's on the uh, all that extra section on the on the 100 mile, and no, it is. It's a beautiful route, and the 100 mile guys, how's that put together? Uh, I would say um, first of all the the, the race village. Um, in the start, if you look at Pilgrim's Rest, it's an old mining town, and it uh, really sets a nice atmosphere um, for the start. Uh, you, all your support can be there. There's, there's nice restaurants, and, and, and Johnny's Pub is a fantastic place to, to start it off. Um, and then from there, you, you really get into to it with the Respectus Trail, like Elof said earlier. It's a rugged trail. Um, after the first 20, 20 k's, you you know you you're in for a tough one. Freaky that first sections when you when you go from Morfanson Station go up to Black Hill. It's very special. That I think we're the only people. Well, if we clean the trail and mark the trail, we're the first people that get there every year. So the runners experience really a place no one goes to. It's it's, um, it's in, uh, indigenous forests and, and places nobody gets to. Maybe. And then when we open the trails, I mean, we just, 
we're the first people that get there after the race when you open the trails again the next year. So that makes it very special. And on top as well, um, uh, if you get on the escarpment, Fricky, with the old trail, looking for the, the little white freakies from the old trail on top. And then uh, uh, we had some swearing every year with the aloes, aloes start flowering um, around about race, race week. And uh, our orange markers looks the same as the flowers. So that's a next challenge up, up there is, is finding your roots between all that uh, orange flowers. So it's, it's, it's beautiful and the view is beautiful. Um, it's, a, it's a tough climb, I think, from, from, from pilgrims up to, to Black Hill Heights. Uh, you, I think it's also, also almost a 2,000-meter climb. I think when you're on top, you, you're 2,100 meters. So it's also one of the higher peaks. Um, yeah, and it's it's a lot of climbing to start off your your hundred mile, but uh, as soon as you get to the top, you, it's a lot of cruising back back to Pilgrims. Yeah, that is, I think, one of the maybe one of the features that you've got there is that almost out of the gate, you are straight into the first big climb of, and it's a big climb as you say, it's like over over two thousand meters in total before in that first what thirty forty k's. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it might even be less. I <laughs> think your first. 20Ks, you get, get that much climb. Yeah, but then the run back to town, at least, is mostly downhill, very friendly, very easy. And it comes at the right time because it's dark by then for many guys who are running it, right? From the previous year, um, we had some, um, some, some Zamas Zamas in the area, so we decided to, to change the route a bit. The, the last section before you go into pilgrims is uh, quite a... <laughs> quite a downhill and uh, we had some complaints about the downhill going into pilgrims um, I know Sean was uh, and Toby was actually swearing at me because of the downhill back into pilgrims but we've changed it now so it made it a bit easier yeah the quads still get fried down that the, the easier downhill yeah <laughs> not that easy no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you're yeah, after pilgrims um, you, you've got a section that's, that's a um, plantation road section that you're going up to, to Mac Hut. And um, we've got a nice green, uh, yeah, we've got a nice green light that you can probably see for seven Ks. I think if and you're just uh, out of Pilgrims, you see that green light and it's still 10 Ks away. So for 10 Ks, you, you think you're almost there and you just keep on climbing to, to uh, Mac Mac Hut. Um, it takes you about two hours to get to the green light. So. <laughs> the green light. So, so it's, it's almost like a, what's that story on, on TV now? Red light, green light. Hmm. That, <laughs> when you get to that aid station, you want to smash that light and say, like, never shine this light again. It's terrible. You can't see it from <laughs> such a long way off. Yeah, luckily from, from Mac Mac Hut down to, to Fraskop is, is also like a odd cruising, so it's mostly downhill. Yeah, that is a beautiful section, as you say, nice and easy running as well. The thing that surprised me, and it's and it's kind of when I did the run was, and no one talks about it, is that section between Kraskop and Macmac Pools. That is, you know, everyone talks about the Tour of Bors, but that section as well is, it's indigenous forest. It is steep down there, and it's steep up the other side, along with a swim in the middle. Yeah, the, the the bridge probably next year the bridge would be finished. So this year the the bridge was under construction. The Safco uh, fixed the bridge, so we had to take the guys through the Macmac River, which maybe we must make it compulsory in the future. Even if the bridge work, we're going to take you through the river. Fred, what do you say? 
I, I reckon it's great. It cools off the legs perfectly. You just feel much better after that swim. <laughs> so, but, uh, but it, it's most of the guys would go there, or, or the fast runners would go through there at night. So it's also like experience crossing that river at night. Yeah, no, it's, that is also to me. It was a magical section. I, I really enjoyed that piece. This tradition of of tequilas and yogamasters and did that just was that the aid stations or was that you guys driving the shooters at at? Frick, I think the when, when Johnny's Johnny's pub, I think when, when Johnny, you know, well he, he said it's his pub is the only pub a uh, hundred miler has to go through and he, and he he actually I think he started the rule and said if you go through his pub you have to take a jägermeister otherwise he won't allow you to continue. So I think that was that was that was when Johnny's idea. And, uh, and then we respect Wim Johnny because he's like the mayor of, of Pilgrims. Um, and uh, the, the other 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 the other checkpoint I think you're referring to the tequilas is Fricky's Nelspret Social Club doing uh, Excelsior at Fricky. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so um, there's a bunch of, bunch of my, my friends, um, and they they in for a good time always, and they um, will not let you out of that uh, checkpoint without having fun. Yeah. That explains why there's the tequila at that hut. It is a very festive hut. There's no question. Those guys are having lots of fun when you come in there. You get Mexican waves. You get tequilas. Everything happens there. Definitely. Yeah. So, Fred, just to get to the, the, the checkpoints, you've got such awesome crews. Even that Excelsior crew, they went this year. They went because uh, there was a lot of looting at the, at the hut itself. So, the People broke down, stole pieces in the roof and everything. So these guys actually went three days before the race to fix up the hut and put up a roof. And so it's, it's the dedication of the of the of the checkpoints, the Graskop checkpoint, putting up a Halloween party last year and or the year before. And, and uh, Spar, I mean, they pack out a spread uh, of their own cost of, of all the, the most delicious foods you can think of. Um, the guys at, at Maritzbos had a, a, a disco there this year with a DJ and everything. So the, the checkpoints, I think it's 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 growing as a tradition that they try and compete uh, to who has the the biggest jewel, and we try and, and, and encourage all the checkpoints to have as much fun as they can and make it as nice as possible for the runners. So I think that's a tradition that's gonna keep going and in the future we'll see people competing to to uh, have a checkpoint at, at Mac Mac. Well, we've already got a couple of fights um, who's taking what checkpoint next year. So the guys are in it. Yeah, those checkpoints were special. As you say, I mean, spa, that spa checkpoint at Mac Mac, it looked like a spa had, had unpacked all the best stuff on the tables for the guys as they were coming in. There were donuts and there were burgers and there was fruit and you name it it was all there it was amazing actually but uh, yeah and the, uh, for me mac mac hut was the one where the guys because you get in there twice it's almost like you're a familiar face the second time through you know they, they treat you better the second time than they did the first time <laughs> it's amazing and it's i think it's always amazing on these when you're getting volunteers as you guys have got and they get so much into the event and they probably don't understand how much the runners appreciate it. I mean, all of us have run these events. We know how we feel when you go through a checkpoint and somebody just gives you a little bit of kindness. You remember it. And the guys in the checkpoint don't necessarily understand the level of appreciation that the runners have had, have got for what they're doing. You know? uh, Fred, I, I even heard from the other side, from the checkpoint side, 
these people are like like the spy people you just referred to. Um, Gail that runs that checkpoint came to me after the first year and said, it's so amazing. These guys have been running 120Ks odd, 100Ks odd, and they get there and they're so friendly and so appreciative of, of what they, they get from the checkpoint. So it, it works both ways. I think the trail running community is, is special in that way that you'll never or very, very not often get a, a runner that's that's uh, upset at a, at a checkpoint. I think when you get to a checkpoint, you're so grateful for faces and food and, and some attention, maybe a hug or a kiss or two. Yeah, also, the, some of the, the, the checkpoint guys um, the, took up running um, after, after the Mac Mac. Uh, I know the, the guys from, from Excelsior, um, they actually uh, did the 17K in Cops Whip, and none of them ever ran before in their lives. That's pretty epic as well. To see the ripple effect of the event going beyond just the runners who've signed up. That Tuverbo section is it's special, right? It's, it's had, we've heard some amazing stories from there. You guys, when you're cutting trail and you're scouting, I mean, have you had any weird encounters? Well, if you refer to Fricky lying around, uh, we came there one, one year, was was last year, Fricky? Was last year? year yeah. Year before? Year before. I don't know, I last year. Last year. We came down uh, that turbo section and every corner I come around, Fricky's lying in the bush. This was this is like in the last thirty k's of the ray, of the of the trail, and I asked him why, why are you sleeping now? We're almost there, and he says no, he keeps falling, and every time he comes around the corner, he slips and he falls. It was like it was a big storm. It was raining a lot. I think the last twenty or thirty k's was was raining, and it's quite wet, and, and it gets very slippery uh, on those rocks going down. So he was taking a nap around every corner, pretending that he's falling and taking a nap around every corner. Um, but going down there at night is is, is something uh, how can you say eerie. It's 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 quite different from daytime. I think for the two hundred milers, it's a, it's a it's a special experience because they go up there on on the first hundred miles. They go there uh, at, in daytime, and then probably coming back, they'll they'll do it at night. So they get best of both both worlds. Um, but yeah, beautiful section. Um, and, and very, very secluded. I think one of the most secluded areas on our, on our trail is, is in, in the Tullibos. Also, the, um, it's much easier going up there. So um, with, with doing it in reverse, going down, it's, it's, it's really tough. And um, also at that stage, the, the, the guys that's, that's not that quick will start hallucinating also in the bush. Um, I know we, we heard a couple of voices going down there um, yeah. A couple of voices, yeah. Yeah, you have funny, you yeah, and see funny stuff uh, late late in the race in that section. Yeah, what's the, the word "turverbos" is what magic bush, I suppose, eh? or wizard's bush. But there's a couple of other names for for it uh, as well. Wait, was, well. I don't think we'll mention it now. Someone call it someone that didn't have a good time going down there. Called it Satan's Garden, so um, you can have a, also you can have a Satan Garden. You, you can make up your own mind when you go down there. Uh, okay, Elif, you touched on it. What inspired a 200 miler? This is the first 200 miler in South Africa. What was the inspiration? I think we were bullied into it more than uh, lockdown. We wanted to do so. So uh, I, I think we did a post on, on Facebook the first time. But there's a lot of guys that uh, asked us to do a 200 miler. I think it might come from from Munga days when 200 miler was, was the 200 odd miles were 
in that same area. So I, I, I think, and then some of those runners were looking to go uh, that type of distance again. And then a lot of people bugged us to do something shorter. So we thought of and asked us to do a 20K run or something. And we decided, well, let's do 20 and just put another zero behind it. And instead of kilometers, make it miles. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, Fred, to be honest, I think if you, if you check the trails in, in all the trail community and the trail runs uh, in, in, in the world or in the States, I think 200 miles is the, is the next distance to go to. Yeah, the 100 miles um, is, is a lack of distance. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not a 200 miler. I love the 100 mile distance. But if you, if you check internationally, then, then the longer distances are getting more popular. Um, and uh, I think there's a, there's a market for it and there is crazy enough people to do it. Um, so, yeah, that, that was the inspiration for it. Actually, a lot of people uh, were a couple of this crazy oaks that asked us if we can't do it. And, and we said it's, it's, it's not as hard for, for us to, to make it a 200 miler than someone that just starts a 200 miler from scratch. Because we've got all the all the infrastructure already there, all the marketing, the whole event already there. So, so for us to to put up the two hundred mile, I don't say it's easy, but it's I think it's much easier than someone that or a race that's just there for for two hundred miles. Are are you happy with the results and how it went? <laughs> we're very happy. Waiting for you. <laughs> all your runners are still alive. Nobody's we're ecstatic. Died. You can can you hear? We're ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, it, it was a long week, a super long week. But yeah, we're very happy with with the results, and um, I think it will only grow in popular, popularity as it goes along. It's difficult. We we, we want to grow it, but we want to keep it up close and personal. We want it to be a big, big race, and we want as many people to come and run it as. as but we want to keep it personal. We don't want to. Uh, if I can say commercialize it too much, so so we we're happy at the Lord, the two events we've had was was excellent. We had so much fun. I think everyone granted it so much fun. Um, maybe not in certain sections where they sweared at us because of the, the difficulty of some sections, but uh, when they finished, they're all content. So um, yeah, it was. It's for us. It's it's. I think for the trail community, it's it's a it's a bucket list race to do, and and, and we're going to try and keep the Keep it up close and personal as it was the last two times. Do you think there's a special kind of athlete or is it just a 100 miler who's going to go, okay, now I'm going to move on to 200? I mean, you guys, you've done a lot of 100 milers yourselves. So are either of you thinking, okay, 200 miles is my next step? Um, yeah, I think um, it's definitely at, um, next level. Um, usually a 100 miler that will inspire to go further. Remember, there's no pills or drugs for any of those guys. Um, they're all crazy. And um, yeah, you, um, I don't think it's it's, it's really a, um, you, a super athlete that will do a 200 miler. It's just, it's just going to take you longer. Uh, that's my opinion. But yeah, I think um, if, you, if you've done a 100 miler and, and that's, that's the next step uh, to do the 200 miler, I don't know. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I think it's it's like like uh, asking a guy that runs 800 meters. I think it's all to its own. If you run, I don't know if you're a hundred meter athlete and a thousand five hundred meter athlete, you're not the, the same guy. So I think there isn't a lot of 200 mile races, but I think if someone gives it a go and he, and he manages to do it, I think it's addictive. I think and he'll do another 200. It's like the hundred milers. If you 
get your first 100 miler under the belt. You just want to do more and more and more. I think it's the same with the 200 miler. No one really knows if you can make it until you until you do it and you, and you finish it. And I think as soon as you finish it, you, you're going to be hooked on a, on a 200 miler, just like the 100 milers. I think the guys, when, they, when you finish your first 100 miler, you just want to do your next one. I think what was interesting is that you guys had a lot of adventure races on your 200. And especially the guys who finished were, were the experienced adventure races. Four of the five was adventure races. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. maybe they're just more accustomed. Well, either the, the sport attracts people like that or they're more accustomed to going longer without sleep. Yeah, the time you're out there, if you four or five days out there, those guys got experience in being out racing for four or five days. So I think that's, that's also one of the big things is, is you time you're out there. To me, when I think about running a 200, and I'm thinking about running your turn. It feels like I'm standing on that feeling of vertigo when you're standing on the edge of a cliff looking down. It's that, it's that same feeling of, do I really want to do this kind of feeling? You know what I mean? It's, it's tempting, but it's a bit too scary, I think. So, and if I can remember um, some of the guys that, that got back into pilgrims and um, they needed to go out back into the prospectus um, and they, they just came from there. Um, the, I think that um, was probably one of the, the most challenging aspects of, of the 200 miler. Um, and I could see that in the, the guys' faces that really didn't want to, yeah, that didn't want to go back up to, um, into the prospectus. I, th- I think after the field quit, I think all of the guys that quit, except, yeah, almost all of the guys that quit on the 200. Uh, did quit at, at Pilgrims when they had to turn around for the next turn. Yeah, I think you've got the euphoria of um, you finished the 100 miler, so you, you're really happy about it. Um, and then that thought of going back into the prospectus um, that's a, the, the broke a couple of guys there. Yeah, you almost have to approach that one with the mindset of that first 100 miler, it's not a 100 miler, it's just part of your race and you want to get back through Pilgrims. Because then, as you say, then the, the guys who did that finished. They didn't get stuck. But. Yeah. yeah. All the guys that turned around finished. I think all the athletes that turned around at Pilgrims and started the, the finish, next yeah. 200, all of them finished. So, But I, I think that your second 100-miler um, is, is more of a cruise because you've got all the checkpoints are up. So you've got all the 100-miler, you, you're doing it with the 100-mile. You try and, and did the timing so that uh, when you turn, you'll find find the 100 milers they maybe started just just before just after you so you'll find some 100 milers on the route so you got some company and and all the checkpoints are set up for the for the 100 miler then as well so you got more people on the route so um yeah i think that makes it easier this the second 100 miles um compared to the first 100 miles and there's also they certainly get a lot of energy from the 100 milers who are coming past them as well just cycling them i mean i know i could i saw it happening the guys really getting behind them because wow, they were just they seemed superhuman at that stage. Yeah, even I, I was at uh, Stables checkpoint for the 46k run, and some of the 200 milers came past there. And it was actually awesome to see uh, how the 46 guys cheered on the 200 milers. And, and what, what was maybe even more surprising was uh, the 200 miler r- running away from the 46 guys. The 46 guys can't keep up, keep up to a guy that's really done uh, what was it three 280ks 290ks so, um, yeah so that's and, uh, and uh, what is lucky is for that 46 guys to, to see a guy that 
it's run so far and so long for such a long time and still out there. I think it's inspiring for them to take on longer distances as well. Yeah, they definitely were inspiring. They're the only reason that I even consider maybe doing a 200 was seeing those guys go through it. You always seem to have a lot of fun when you're out there scouting and cutting roots and marking roots. I mean, we've seen videos of you guys dancing. And how do you keep the spirits up, guys? Uh, if you if you need if you do something like this with Elof, you need a sense of humor. Come now. <laughs> <laughs> Come buttercup. <laughs> yeah. Fred, I, I think the mindset, me and Fricky, both are, we're not super fast guys. We'll never win one of these races. So we're out there to experience, make the best, best of the experience. So um, having fun is, is crucial. If, if uh, I think I've, I've told Fricky, if I'm not having fun, I'm not going to finish a race. So, so it's all about having fun and seeing all the all the beautiful sights and enjoying where you are. We're very privileged to be able to do this stuff. So uh, and taking all of it, taking out of it what, what you can is, is for me is important. I know for Fricky as well, and 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 that area. I know me and Fricky. Well, I I, I fell in love with it. Fricky grew up almost grew up there. So. Um, being out there is, 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 is lacquer and, and we want to keep it lacquer and we want to actually share that with other runners um, and, and the idea of running running far and you can enjoy it. You, know, you don't have to die on a trail, you can have fun as well. So of all of the, the 400 miles that, that we talk about in, in the Amak series, you seem to have got the, the mix You've got the most mixed variety in terms of trail, right? You've got forest, you've got indigenous forest, you've got um, some jeep track, you've got lots of good single track. And also in terms of climbing and ascents and descents, there's a there's a really good mix. I mean, did you guys, I know you said you grabbed these hiking trails. The, the course just seems to flow beautifully. Was it intentional? I think we're very, very blessed um, with, the, with the terrain there. Um, and we, we wanted to, to, to mix it up really so that um, I don't like to get bored on a trail. So it's, um, and that the MacMac gives you that, that um, sense that if you just before you get bored of a, say, a forest section, it spits you out onto a nice running section like you, like you referred to, Fred. You're cut full of running. You get to an, into a technical section where you can't run. And uh, as, as soon as you get cut full of the technical, it spits you out into. Into a, into a forest section again. To, to be honest, um, I think the the setting up of, of drawing all the, the hiking trails into one helped a lot. So we didn't really have to build a lot of new trails. It just uh, the the setting up and the um, the to create that flow was actually the thing. Single tracks. Now. But Fred, if if it was up to Fricky with these null spray climbing tricks, uh, there would have been. Uh, much more tagging peaks, going straight lines up. So uh, me being a little bit more more lazy than Fricky is, is it's a good balance. Whereas he wants to go straight up and tag a peak, a peak, then, then I'll, I'll, I'll rather go around it. The, the final goal is to get ten thousand meters there. <laughs> in Fricky's yeah, world yeah. <laughs> yeah well that brings us to that exactly that point and, and people have actually asked me to ask you this question Fricky why did you put that last climb into that 100 and 200 mile course and in fact everybody runs that Fricky's body section oh, it's, 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 it comes. Mean, <laughs> not the truth Fricky not the truth please 
<laughs> so um, I'm actually going to tell you this story. Um, it, it, and it was actually not my idea. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, when scouting the finish, um, I, I still had to do my day job. And when I came back, he said um, he's got the new section, uh, the, the new finish section. So when we scouted the first um, uh, 100 miler, um, I knew uh, well, on that stage I was, I was buggered. I just wanted to finish. It was late in, on the Sunday morning. It was really, really hot. And we got to that section, and um, he told me that uh, you can almost see the finish. You can see the you can, finish. You can literally see the finish. And he said, okay, now let's leave the, the, the new section. We can go to the finish. And when we got to the crossing over the, the road, he told me, no, uh, we're going to do the, the last section. And I can remember I didn't speak to him once in that last, I had seven guys. I've never seen him <laughs> so grumpy. Really he was just thumbing <laughs> behind me. <laughs> Usually he runs in front. He's always the guy in front. He was the guy from swearing behind me. <laughs> I think it's like, how far is that? That's about eight guys or so. Okay, that, no. that wasn't fun. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not, it, it was named after me, but it wasn't my, my thought process. No. Tricky's folly came out. He actually didn't want to do that section and was swearing that whole section. That's, that's, uh, that's Tricky frolicking in the forest. Well, at least we know where the blame lies now, properly. <laughs> it's being properly, publicly apportioned now. <laughs> Guys, one of the big things, um, safety is always a concern, but you've got fairly good road access to almost every point on the coast. Does that help a lot? It helps, but it still it's some of those roads, like going from from uh, Salon at, up to Stables, at, I think that's maybe 5Ks driving up, 6Ks driving up, but it takes you 45 minutes. So it, 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 usually there, there's roads going to all the places, but... Uh, or, or even going from, say, Stables Hut to Macmac Hut, which is 15 k's running, you have to drive like almost 30, 40 k. You have to drive back to Sabi and all the way around to get. So you've got roads going everywhere. You can have safety access everywhere, but it still takes time from one point to another. So we've, we're lucky to have the, the mountain rescue guys um, and also adventure medics and, and a lot of other volunteers, some local guys from from uh, from. And York that helps out as well on the safety point. Uh, so some of the sections is, is is all of the sections are reachable by by road, but still it's it takes time and it's it's still actually some of the places are very secluded and takes you takes you it's, it's an effort and a four by four to get there. Have you guys got any tricks on how to move through that slippery section on the tour of course when it's that wet? Um, yeah, you can go down there on your on your. <laughs> <laughs> that helps um, and I also um, see that uh, going down there with poles isn't necessarily the, the best way to go down there um, I did on that first section um, I did really fall uh, a couple of times and I, I did it myself and then after and I think I went down there on the, the second time or the first time without poles you need some, some hands to grab onto to stuff because it's really slippery. It's very slippery when it's when it's wet. Um, so usually in May month, it's this year we, we had some rain, so it was more slippery than the, the first we did in 2019. It was rather dry, so that was easy easier going down. Um, May month is usually a little bit drier, so it should be should be dry enough, so so it's not that slippery. Um, 
Yeah, but but as we saw this year, the weather can change it at any time, and you have a rain a day or two before, and, it, and it's slippery. Yeah, and we also had a, a big storm going through the a couple of storms. Um, uh, the months in February, March, um, and a lot of that trail was was um, was was actually well, most of the bridges was gone, um, and a lot of rock rock slides that, that went over over the, the trails. So it made it a bit more difficult this year, but um, we'll put some work into the for next year. Yeah. One of the things I really love about your event is that finish line. You managed to just make it one big family feel. I mean, it's a real, and it's for two nights. How do you stay awake and stay that cheerful and that friendly and welcoming to everybody that comes in? But it's actually four nights. Yeah, yeah, because the 200 miles coming in there, if, if you've got a guy like Ruan finishing a day earlier than anyone else, then uh, you've got another night spent at the finish line. But yeah, I think one of, one of the big big reasons we, we, we get to uh, survive the finish line is a great sponsor like Sabi Breweries. <laughs> Yeah, the beer helps, uh, definitely. Uh, it, it makes it a bit easier. Uh, Fred, we, we, uh, it's lucky because Marietta spends most of the time at the finish line and we in uh, uh, creating a lucky vibe there. I only feel um, um, so, so she's mostly responsible for making everyone feel uh, welcome coming back and having something warm to eat and drink. And, and on the fires there, I, I think Fricky's, Fricky's second name is Fricky Fire. So all the fires and the bonfires at the end is is uh, freaking bringing the whole plantation, all the plantations wood down there to make like a bonfires. And who doesn't like a party? That's why you do it. It's just another party. To feel welcome at a finish, I think it's it's very very important for any races to when you when you finish to to not just get there and it's when you get in your car and you go away. So it's you just have to experience that that euphoria. Uh, finishing yeah, and the, 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 the gratitude. So um, if you the, if you've just done any of the distances, it's a, a massive achievement, and I would like to to show that gratitude for you at the at the end. It feels like it's your characters that are coming through at that finish line. It's that's the sense that you get. This is Marietta Elof Fricky. That's your characters are coming through there, and that's what people feel when they hit that finish line. So. Thanks for being there. <laughs> thanks, thanks, for, thanks for getting us there. <laughs> Point. What wildlife have you encountered during the during the whole event? Yeah, yeah, we don't have the we don't have the big seven like other other Amuk races, but we do we do have a couple of snakes. Fricky, that once we, we ran, I think we had Bergaders. Was Bergaders? What, what did we have? Yeah, it was Bergaders. Yeah. Well, Mount, Mountain Adder. Yeah, like but, but small, small, small snakes. So we have seen a lot of snakes on the on the on the course. Got some decent spiders. Spiders. We we, we had encounters with, with leopards. Personally, we had well, almost a close encounter. Me and Fricky had one Ricky, Ricky run, and then now this year with with our, our sweepers got stalked by a leopard in into Everbos itself, and uh, and I think Rihanna was with them. Yeah, Fred. Yes, she was. Yeah, so she had they had an encounter with a leopard. Fricky stepped on a flak fark once, <laughs> and on a and an ad fark. I thought Fricky had off one. Yeah, he stepped on a on a flak fark and on a on a ad fark. What's an ad fark? 
Easter Fark, sorry, Easter Fark. Easter Fark. The section at the top of of prospectors, there's big herds of eland. I've seen herds of eland, like fifteen or twenty eland. Um, there's a lot of other game. There's a blue there. There's also wild actually, horses. Uh, wild horses. There's a there's a colony of wild horses, just like the one, a different one, but just like the one at Copsey Whip, um, staying on on that escarpment. I think one of the one of the best kept wildlife secrets in South Africa is is probably the Hyperbius flutter, which is roaming with wildlife. I've I've seen a leopard there as well. We've seen an hyena there. Yeah, there's a lot of baboons on the trails. There's uh, Riboka, Tiki, Shore Valley. What else have you seen there? Um, I know there's a, a roaming lion that actually escaped the park two weeks ago. And they're still, <laughs> still roaming out there somewhere. <laughs> I hope he's going to be gone by the next one. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> our, our liability insurance is getting more and more expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so many stories uh, we can tell of um, the the scouts that we've that we've done. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it was um, looking back at it now, and it's it's nice to reflect a bit. Um, all the fun we had. At rise two o'clock in the morning, um, putting a stake, you know, lighting the fire, go for a sleep, wake up, put a stake on the fire with a beer. Um, that's uh, special times. So you are also in a muck finisher, even though it well, wasn't official. Un- unofficially, they say, yeah. Yeah. So you did your, you did the, you did three official ones, and then basically your your final scout of Mac Mac was your fourth one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so we have done it on in race conditions, and we um, well self supported as well. Um, so we we wanted to to run the the cutoffs to see if everything is okay. Um, so yeah, it's uh, officially unofficially Amokyan. Yeah. And he, and he went and finished uh, Cedarback that same year as well. Yeah, that's an interesting one, whether, whether you're going to put that into the AMUCK. No? And then uh, there's more 100 milers coming. There's another one in, in December now, which uh, Sean and them are putting up in, in the Eastern Cape. It's going to be the Lamuxi. <laughs> <laughs> We're now up to seven, eh? Seven in the year? That's, that's crazy. crazy. We've had some requests now for uh, some of our Runners doing the 200 miler, if the if the first 100 miles uh, can qualify for the MOOC, um, so that's that's something we're discussing with the other organisers to see if we can get the first 100 miles of the 200 miler to 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 be a qualifier for the MOOC as well. And that makes sense, right? Yeah, it, it does. But uh, yeah, actually, I think what what we're thinking is is well, it would be great if you can finish the 200 miler, then you got a official finish. Um, to 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 make it count for the Amuk. Um but I mean that first hundred miles is is a is a is a tough hundred miles. Yeah, uh, we we afraid also with our cutoffs on on the, well, especially the hundred miler. Um, the big concern is is and on the two hundred miler, the big concern for us is safety first. So we don't want to cut a guy. We don't want to push push people to make cutoffs um, necessarily. We want actually. As many finishes as we can can get, so so we try and keep the cutoffs as lenient as as, as possible, keeping safety in mind. Yeah, so taking it easy, as Fricky said, is, is is doable. You can you can really take some some of the sections easy and and run the runnables and and still make it. 
Yeah, your, your cutoffs is definitely very generous. And as you say, if you just if you're running the down, well, you're running the downhills and walking the ups and mixing it up on the flats, it's not hard to make the distances. You just got to keep moving. Little inside info for for people listening to the podcast that uh, is planning to do Mac Mac. We're planning to have a, a Orange Friday again in another month, the same day as Black Friday, but this one is Orange Friday, and that'll be. The- the last time we do specials, um, and it's going to be cool specials. So for any of your runners that are looking to enter, don't enter before the end of the month. If you're listening to this podcast, if you the poor guys that didn't get your podcast, uh, enter now pay more than the Orange Friday guys. Okay. okay, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Fred. This is very yeah, nice. Thanks, Fred, for your good work and supporting the Amuk and our races, man. We appreciate it. Yeah. That's really cool. I will definitely be signing up on, uh, on Orange Friday. Bet your life. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to know more about Mindful Runner, check us out at mindfulrunner.co.za. On Instagram, you can find us at Mindful Runner. In the meantime, enjoy your running, happy trails, and don't forget to subscribe.